Welcome to this episode of Why Does COVID-19 Working Group's podcast, Reasonable, Necessary and Essential. This episode is all about sharing your story as a disabled young person. I'm hosting this episode along with Mia. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands we all call home and extend that gratitude to elders who have told their stories, sung their songs, danced their dances for more than 80,000 years. This is a privilege to tell our stories on this stolen land. Sovereignty was never ceded. No treaty has ever been signed. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Our guest today is Olivia Musket. Olivia writes about disability, the arts and random things that pop into her head. Her writing features in the anthologies Meet Me at the Intersection, Women of a Certain Rage and Growing Up Disabled in Australia. She writes theatre criticism for Witness Performance and has presented work at the Emerging Writers' Festival and National Young Writers' Festival. She has been published in various places around the internet. In 2020, she was awarded the Leslie Hall Scholarship to work on her novel for younger readers. And in 2021, she was runner-up in the Kill Your Darlings New Critic Award. When not writing, she is an accessibility consultant for artists and arts organisations, teaches drama and writing to kids and teenagers, and co-presents the YA page Writers Community Events. Olivia, the first question we have for you today is, what are some of the best ways disabled young people can share their stories? Well, I'll start by saying thanks for having me. It's really a pleasure and a, and a privilege to be talking about this with you today. Um, and that is an excellent question. I think we are living in such an age of sharing. And I mean, social media is not new anymore. Like that's not a novelty, <laughs> um, even though it's constantly evolving and there's new platforms that I don't understand, like TikTok and things. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that's always a great place to start, um, to, to share your story, you know, doing it your own way, whether that's through, you know, video medium, like like a YouTube channel or, again, things I don't understand, like TikTok and kind of Instagram, um, or, or pictures or whether it's, you know, now the traditional method of, you know, writing a blog, um, sharing blog posts and sharing your writing that way and getting getting started at least that way is, I think, a really excellent place to find your voice and find an audience perhaps and um yeah start start sharing your work or your story whatever it might be in a way that's hopefully most accessible to you and most comfortable for what you for what you want to do yeah sorry it's not a very long answer but I think it's it's the best way to go at the at you know right now so we know that a lot of young people out there would like to share their stories and a lot of them find it really hard to find opportunities to speak up and share their stories um how do you olivia think they should go about this hmm. so it does tie in with the the previous question um obviously you know you can start sharing your your videos your blog posts or your podcast and but the, the next step is kind of you know finding finding an audience um which which can be difficult and I think my best advice for that question is put yourself out there and that seems so vague and so just not helpful um but 
finding your community through, for me personally, it was through Twitter. I always say to people is if it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't be where I am now because I just followed a bunch of people that were doing things that I liked and was interested in. And, you know, in my scrolling, 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 um, came across opportunities and things. I think one of the first things I ever did that I considered a writing thing was there was an organisation called Voices from the Intersection um, and they ran a, a pitching day and I went along and took this random 7,000 words of a manuscript that no longer exists, um, you know, because it was, it was for... Uh, uh, people from marginalised groups that wanted to sort of get into the YA children's lit space, which was like, hello, me. Um, So I went along and nothing came of that day. I mean, I met some great people and had some really interesting conversations, Um, but nothing came of that day necessarily until I got an email months later that was sort of sent to anyone that was at that event saying, oh, we're looking for... um, not not pictures, they had to be finished pieces for the Meet Me at the Intersection anthology. And I just happened to randomly, not because I even wanted to, take a biography, an autobiography class at uni that semester. So I had a piece ready to go um, and I sent it in and the rest, you know, history. It's, it's in the book and I've had up other opportunities because of that. But it was because I saw the opportunity there on my, you know, social media of choice um, and took it and I was so scared, like so nervous. I almost woke up that morning and was like, no, no, it's not worth it. I'm too scared. I'm going to fail. I'm going to get lost. I'm going to, something bad is going to happen. But, you know, I talked myself into it and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. So I think looking for those opportunities, so subscribe to every newsletter that might have writing opportunities, um, pitch your story because I bet it's really interesting and you have a really unique perspective. You know, find publications that you think might fit. So like reading, you know, if there's a publication you really like and you're like, oh, they could, you know, use some interesting disability related stories and they take pictures, go ahead and pitch it. And yeah, it might not work the first time, but everything you do helps. Every tiny little thing. yeah, makes makes a difference, even if it's getting you used to rejection, because that's the thing that you need to get used to. <laughs> anyone, anyone who does creative things, anyone who does anything, you know, it's a part of life. Um, so yeah, make sure you're on the lookout for the opportunities and when they come up, take them, seize them, grab them. I think that's the best advice I can give. That's great advice. Uh, It's funny you mentioned Twitter because I found Twitter in amongst last year because of lockdown. And I've got to say, it's been the thing that pulled me through sometimes because it was the way to stay connected to an artistic community for sure. And, you know, I think so much of telling our stories involves, like you mentioned, autobiography and it talking really deeply from a place of self and experience and sometimes things that are a bit hard. So my next question to you is, what helps you say no to opportunities and set boundaries if you don't feel comfortable answering certain questions during an interview? Yeah, absolutely. It's That's such an important, important thing to do. And I think as um, disabled creators, it's 
like it's important for everyone but it's even more important because people have that sense of they can ask anything because there's that weird voyeurism that comes along with people with non-disabled people when they're faced with interviewing a disabled person or even not interviewing them and just like bumping into them on the street um but that's a separate issue um so my so I personally like I'm pretty comfortable talking about most aspects of my life my disability um but you know not not everything and some things are okay to talk about in one context with you know one person but completely no way um in other contexts so what I like to do with what I've done with all interviews and usually people will you know offer this first is like to give the questions in advance um and if that isn't offered I will ask because a I kind of need time to prepare I'm no good at improv but um, B, it makes, it lets me have a chance to, you know, make sure that I can come up with an answer for the question that I'm comfortable giving. Um, and I'm quite okay to do that, even if the question necessarily doesn't, like, feel right. You can, I, I, can, I feel comfortable if I have the time in advance to reframe the question or answer it in a different way. Um, but then, of course, there's always the opportunity of saying no. I, I won't, I won't answer this question. I'm not comfortable. And if they're uh, a good interviewee, they'll say that's fine. Um, but if I, if if that ever happened to me, and I said I'm not comfortable answering this, and they said, oh well, we really need you to, or you have to, I'd say, well, I'm sorry, but I won't, I won't do the interview because that just sets a really weird um tone so I think the best advice is if you can prepare in advance and talk to them about what you're comfortable and not comfortable speaking about um that's the best thing but in in a live sort of context where something comes up and it makes you feel like no that's a no-go zone I think it's perfectly okay um to say Oh, thanks. Thanks. You know, thanks for the question, but I, I'm going to choose not to answer it or I'm not really comfortable answering that question. Is there anything else you'd like to ask? I think in an interview context, not completely shutting it down. I mean, shutting it down. Absolutely. Don't say anything you don't want to, but also opening up the opportunity to maybe change the question or move on to something else is a way of like avoiding any awkwardness because if you're like me you're like oh, I don't want it to be awkward or weird or um, um but also sometimes it just is awkward or weird and getting used to saying no and setting your own boundaries in situations like that um will might feel strange at first or like it's being awkward but really what you're doing is um setting boundaries and you know not talking about things that might cause you pain or make you feel uncomfortable and I think that's totally reasonable um, and of course when I started out I wasn't comfortable and I sort of said yes to everything and that's not always a good idea and I think if you get a request to speak about something um, that you're not comfortable with or from someone whose like tone you're not comfortable with or makes you feel a bit strange trust that gut instinct um, or you know even talk it out with someone to discuss 
what it is about this request or this question that's making you feel uncomfortable um, and either get back to them and, and describe to them why that is or simply just say, no, thanks. Thank you, but not this time because it's totally fine to do that. If you're, if you're not feeling like it's the right thing to do, trust, trust your gut, I think. That was... A very comprehensive answer. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Um, Yeah, definitely self-advocacy comes in many forms with telling your story. Um, Is there anything else you'd like um, young people listening today um, to this podcast to know about sharing their stories as a young disabled person? Um, I think... I've covered everything. I like to talk, um, <laughs> but I don't think just maybe to sum up, like trust your gut and seize the opportunities that come your way. The ones you think if I don't do this, it's going to be, you know, I, I will regret it forever. And, you know, you might not, but you, you never know what's going to come of something. Um, but yeah, only give the parts of yourself that you can. Um, I definitely felt that myself Um, like starting was the hardest part and when you get the ball rolling then you're like oh yeah I I know what I'm doing now yeah you can't you kind of know and does anyone ever really truly know exactly what they're doing no but you get more comfortable with what you want to say and how you want to say it and your voice and your your brand um (laughs) but yeah yeah it gets easier as you go definitely Thanks so much for joining us today, Olivia. This brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening and check out our other episodes on our website for more great interviews with other members of the disability community. We'd like to thank Anha and Sin for their help with the recording and editing of this podcast, Is for their excellent work facilitating the COVID-19 working group, and Laura for facilitating this project. Oh, wow.